0: We're back again for another episode of our podcast where we are trying to, uh, stir on good and loving ideas when it comes to what it means to follow Jesus beyond just, uh, sometimes the church language or even a church service, um, one of the things that we found is uh, oftentimes uh, we can um, agree and we can uh, kind of nod our heads in in unison uh when we're around others but then when we get out and we are working or we're at home or we're with others uh you know in a leisure activity we we, we tend not to think about well, what is what is what do we do here what is what is our call what is god desiring us to be how does it mean to follow him in our everyday space and so Uh, We're glad that you've been able able to be with us for the last uh, year and a half or so, or if you just joined us, uh, we're glad that you joined in on us. If this is your first time, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Pastor Dan Herzler. I'm pastor of a church in Manor, PA called, uh, called Refuge Church. And uh, I've got two individuals with me. I'm Ryan. I'm Mike. Uh, these guys are uh, learning and studying the, kind of what it means to, to be a pastor. And so we've had this podcast to to kind of work through this kind of conversation, this dialogue. And again, if you've been with us, you know we're not here to give you all the answers. We're not here to solve all the problems. But we just want to stir these conversations on. And where we began this whole thing is that, is that at its core, it is not what we do, but it is being with God. And that being with him is that word, sometimes you hear abiding or uh, in unison or uh, oneness with Christ. What does that look like? What does that mean? It just means that you're in relationship with him. You are spending time with him. You are uh, just in his shadow, sometimes uh, are phrases that we would use. Uh, But we also recognize from that, should make evidence. And how we treat others is one of the evidence. In fact, Jesus himself identified it when he was challenged by what is the greatest commandment. He said, love the Lord with all your your heart, mind, soul, and strength, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so he made it clear that there would be evidence about how we love God by the way that we treat others. Uh, you know John picked that up in in first John by saying, "You can't hate your brother and say you love God, because then you know you, you've seen your brother you haven't seen God and yet so 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 this kind of the relationship and tension um is important, and so we're, we're we've been talking a little bit about that last week we began this uh topic and kind of talked about some of the tensions that we have uh living as kind of um exiles or or sojourns, especially uh, in this upcoming year twenty twenty four as we uh, in in America at least come into a, a political season and and how do we do that uh, today uh, in this episode we we want to talk about how do you how do you live in, in a way when uh, you see uh, we'll say for now outsiders live in a certain way and you see insiders live in a certain way <laughs> and how do we judge or not be judgmental and, and and how do we we handle this kind of thing like you see some people living a certain way in church and they say that they are what they're doing and living differently and you see the world living a certain way and 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 where do we speak where do we not speak even in the fact my saying that there are insiders and outsiders I'm already judging <laughs> because I'm putting some people in one camp and some people in the other, and and is that right? Is that wrong? Um, you know, how do how do we handle all this? There is kind of a famous passage, even if you're not a, a Bible scholar, you probably heard somebody once said before. You know, uh, you know, take this the or how can you look at the speck in your brother's eye and and yet you have a plank in your own eye? As uh, c- comes from Matthew chapter seven, um, and, and it's where you know Jesus is trying to. Um, give uh, instructions on what this new kind of um, uh, way of following Jesus is going to be, as part of the Sermon on the Mount, um, the Beatitudes and and a whole list of of certain things. And this concept of uh, judging uh, and what do we do with it um, is interesting, because if you keep reading... It will say, you know, take the log first out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to to take the speck out of your brother's eye. And so it, it gives that almost sense of like, okay, there is a way <laughs> to do this, and, and how do we do this, and then how do we handle someone that's not my brother, and, and what do we do with there? And so... um you know, I I'm sure you've experienced, Ryan, at, at some point some sense of judgmental attitude or maybe you even felt this whole like, you know, when you think about the idea of just judging or judgmental attitude uh, in treatment of others, or maybe you've felt it yourself, like what kind of thoughts, ideas or even emotions come out mm-hmm.
1: of that? Yeah, I think it you know, one it comes from you know, maybe the thinking of you know they think they're better than me or I think I'm better than them. You know, this like hierarchy of, you know, well, what I, what I say is, you know, better than you or, you know, there's just this dynamic complex of superiority and inferiority, you know? And I think it's just like, um, or I think the opposite can come across as like people are like, Oh wow, you're so holy. You know, you're the, you're like the almighty, you know, like, (laughs) wow. Like, you know, You know, it's it's almost lashed out at as like, well, you think you're something, you know, saying this to me. Um, But I think that passage really speaks to like the people who are living rightly with Christ, Mm. who have seen the planks in their eyes, Mm. and and have really come to God to confess that. You know, to have them removed, they can see clearly. Yeah. You know, I think that was it. They can see clearly. Mm. And maybe there's part of it that because we got so much going on in our lives, so much that we need to deal with and be dealt with <laughs> by God. Yeah. We can't see clearly. Yeah. You know, we, we see so many things and other people that very much may be there. But God wants to do a working on ourselves first before we can really speak into their lives. And I'm not saying you should never speak into someone's life because we're always going to have stuff that God's working on, you know, but I think there, there is that place of clarity, you know, and I really like that word of, you can see clearly now the plank is gone, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, that that thing is not so much holding you down and it's not so much weighing you down or blinding you that. You can see really what the spirit wants you to see. You know, I just think of Jesus with, you know, he was moved with compassion because the people were like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. You know, his heart was moved, you know, and I think it's how are you seeing the specks? Are you seeing them in a way of compassion? Are you, are you, are you grieving on the inside for this person? Not just to slap him upside the head and tell him what's up, but Do you really feel the heart of Jesus wanting to guide them into all truth, you know, help them to see, Hey, listen, there's something going on that, you know, is really troubling me, you know, and I feel like I just, I, I, I feel really strongly that I just have to share this with you, you know, and, and not out of a place of, Hey, get on my program, get on my level, but Hey. Like, I see something that, you know, I just want you to be aware of. Like, yeah. I think it's something that, that could be real concerning. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you hit on two things that I think are really significant in this conversation. Uh, the first one is is just that idea of, um, you know, thinking superior about yourself yeah. or using this moment to make yourself feel better. We, mm. we love as people to put other people down because that... In some twisted mindset thinks that that lifts us up or makes us feel better. That's, what's, that's what the world does. I mean, mm. you know, you make a mistake in the world these days. I mean, it gets plastered everywhere. It goes viral. Uh, you get made fun of. You, you just get. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, run through the mud, and and everyone feels better about themselves because mm-hmm. you failed or you messed up or you you had something bad happen, and, and we've got to really really be careful of that. We got to recognize that within our own hearts. That's why the order of this process, uh, we said it even last week. You know, for those that are math people, you know, the 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 order of operation in a in a math problem, is is huge because you'll get the wrong answer. The mm-hmm. same thing here, like it, you know, Jesus is basically saying before you even enter into the seriousness of speaking into someone else's life you need to you need to do your own work mm-hmm. and you need to you need to take this time but like you said, you know once that plank is removed, there's clarity mm. and who would not want a brother, someone that loves you to speak clarity into your life, especially if there's something that's off like you know I don't know if you ever had something in your eye, but having a speck in your eye it, it's kind of annoying uh, we' talk about it all the time people have blind spots uh, we can't see things. I want somebody in my life who who takes this seriously who who understands their own plank but yet brings it before the Lord and works through these things is not coming with some agenda, some kind of uh superiority complex and says, Hey, uh, can I, can I help you in this? Or, or how can I encourage you in this? Or how can you move from this? Or this isn't lining up with what you say. Uh, that is a gift. That is a good thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I think you hit on some good things, Mike. What, what about you? When you think of this whole idea of judgmental, I mean, Christians all all across the world have always been labeled as judgmental, or you know, as as Ryan said, holier than now. Like just this whole thought about judging and, and judgmental. What comes to your mind?
1: Well,
2: to to be pretty judgmental, that's not an issue that's unique to Christianity. It's an issue that's unique to humanity, um, which is exactly what you guys have been talking about. Um, uh, you know, the early Christians were killed yeah. because they were judged yeah. uh, for what they believed and what they were calling people to do. So, um, and that continues to this day, uh, not just literally killing, but even in social spheres and everything. But also, uh, I, I do think that it begins again to make a pretty strong and judgmental statement. You have to have the right heart. We're not in a position to say whether or not one is sold out as a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't know what's inside of humans. Um, God does. However, there are leaders in the church that are called to um, affirm whether or not the evidence of one's life is congruent with the way of Jesus, with with what Scripture calls us to live. And so um, I really think it stems from the heart, and, and even to piggyback off of you know what Ryan was saying. When you think about even just like a shepherd, and and and, or I'm sorry, let me backtrack even farther. Like pulling the log out of your own eye, doing that first. If you think literally about the illustration, which is ridiculous, um, to pull a log or a stick, a massive stick, out of your eye would be incredibly painful. You would understand what it's like to do that with yourself, hmm. and then that. Brings a different amount of empathy when dealing with the splinter or the twig in someone else's yeah. eye. Um, again, is it a conversation about dominance or discipleship? Is it is it a care conversation? And when we recognize that um, a good shepherd cares for its flock, it goes yeah. through and, and takes the time to inspect um, its flock and and, and does so um, in leading us. Out of this compassion and everything it's it's um to build us up it's 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 to um not build up into trauma and to recognize that we are no longer subject to the spirit of rejection but we as sons and daughters are under the law of adoption yeah um and so it all stems out of compassion um and care uh that a shepherd uses its its crook its staff to guide, to gently tap, to, to bring back with the hook, um, mm-hmm. while an arm's reach. And, and all of those are gentle movements. And it is only when a sheep is out of reach, um, and in a place of danger that the shepherd uses the rod to either scare it or to strike it. And mm-hmm. even that is, um, it's teachable. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's to help build up, um, cause they can see what's beyond and, and we can't see past the 15
0: inches in front of our face. Yeah. Yeah and and you know I I think you know you use the the term shepherd and and even when you think about the qualifications for an elder those are things that in a sense you're judging somebody um you know you think of the fruit of the spirit you know Jesus said will be will be known by by the fruit uh will be known by our love uh these are things that you can look in the outside and you can say but but if again the, the posture of our heart in doing this type of thing uh, it is for the care of of uh, the sheep and not of ourselves. And, and I know that in many times people will say those things, <laughs> but then they'll just make it about themselves or they'll, you, you know, talk about how they're justified or they're right or it has to be their way. <laughs> Um, you know, you're not taken into the accountability of different personalities and different uh, structures and different things, or even different cultures. You know, sometimes that happens when you see cross-cultural uh, missionaries or or trips where it's like, well, my culture's right, so I'm going to tell your culture how to do it. Okay, all these things brings us back to again working through, as you said, Mike, the painful exercise of taking out the log in our own eye, and. and and i can't emphasize this enough this is why the, the 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 blessings of the disciplines are so good in our lives where we need the sabbath to 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 look at our lives we need rest and 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 silence and we need to fast we we need to do these types of things because we are constantly constantly you know, wanting that log to stay in our eye while we while we focus on someone else's spec. And so, um, again, we're, we're not trying to solve this or give you any of the answers, but this is just a kind of an ongoing kind of discussion and dialogue, and 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 there is tension in that. And and yet, we also want to talk about how do we do this with an unbelieving world? Like, what is our responsibility for our neighbor and our Coworker and people that we interact with, social media. Do we do we treat them the same? Do we, you know, uh, how do we handle all this? Uh, You know, one of the things that we were even talking about before we started recording a little bit is, you know, well, we don't want to become, you know, that person that just expects an unbelieving world to 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 act the same as a believing church. (laughs) It's not going to happen that way. Yet we still have to be able to at times speak truth. Uh, and, and we don't ignore that. So, so, so how do we handle this, Ryan? I mean, what are your thoughts when it comes to, you know, those outside,
1: uh, those that, uh, don't believe, uh, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it really does come in a similar way of, you can't get outside of the compassion of Jesus. Like truly, you know and and when you look at how he interacted, I mean he said some pretty harsh things, and I'm not saying we go and say harsh things, but he did speak truth um but f- what he spoke from was well, one, Jesus being fully God, full of the Holy Spirit, hmm. obviously, no one had better discernment than Jesus, you yeah. know, no one had more empathy for a lost and dying world than Jesus, and I think that was the heart he had empathy for these people, they, they really, they don't know better. They don't, you know? And, and I think that's the thing is to expect the world to live the ways of Jesus is just ridiculous because, you know, it's impossible. Um, you know, because while we all have a moral standard, a moral compass, right? You know, you, you look at Jesus, you know, he looks at the heart. Yeah, you know the world can do a whole lot of good, mm. but the heart can be deceitfully wicked. I think it's
0: interesting as you're saying this, just to throw it out, is that he he you kind of reserved his harshest statements to the religious yeah. Pharisees, yeah, and yet he was also identified as a friend of the sinners, yeah. And so, you know, I I don't know how to necessarily handle all that because mm-hmm. it's like, wow, okay, you know his his harshest language was to those yeah. acting like they were speaking for God when they mm-hmm. weren't. Yeah. And yet his sophist gentleness was for those who were 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 outcasts and sinners. Yeah. Um and so that that gives us a framework as well too.
1: Yeah, I mean because you think like, you know, calling them whitewashed tombs, right? He didn't go up to the you know, right? right. The the woman caught in adultery and call her a, a whitewashed tomb. Right. <laughs> <You> right, <know? laughs> Right. You know, he defended her. And mm-hmm. and so I think it's just like the Jesus is is mind-boggling. He does the unexpected. Yeah. And I think it is it really takes a discerning spirit to know, okay, Lord, you know, I I believe that you really truly have called us to reach the lost and dying yeah. world. Yeah. You know, not beat the lost and dying world, yeah. you know. And well, so, yeah. Yeah, and 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 in that sense too, if that
0: feeling of um, you know, uh, am I more bent out of out of out of you know my own moral code <laughs> yeah. by somebody doing something than I am about their their soul going to hell because mm-hmm. they don't know who Jesus is? So, yeah. so 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 how do I wrestle with that, Mike? Uh, you know, what are your some thoughts? How do we handle this tension when we're talking about <laughs> unbelieving world?
2: Yeah, tension's a good word. Um, I think that it starts. Um in Genesis, where we see that humanity is created in the image of God, um, yeah. full of immense value and full of immense worth. And and we can go to um, multiple places in Scripture and and identify that and show God's kindness and mercy to, to sinners throughout time, even mercy to Sodom and Gomorrah um, a, at times, and yet um, still be able to recognize and say, and you are a sinner desperately in need of um, God's redemption, Mm. um, that you can be reconciled to him, right? Um, Jesus is going to come to judge the living and the dead, um, which you can literally take to mean those who currently are breathing right now and those who are not. Or you can also look at it to say that there are those who are alive in Christ and those who are not. How can he judge the dead if he's not the God over them as well, Mm -hmm. if he's not Lord over them as well? And so there's a reality that he is Lord not just for Christians, but for all yeah um and so how do we hold these things together and it's also difficult because then you look at Romans and Paul makes an incredibly compelling case um that like God has revealed himself and so much so even within our recent history. I mean, the, the efforts that are being made to take the gospel to places and things like that. And and so much so that we even in our culture, just in the West, it's, it's well, only God can judge me. And that is a damning statement because he will. And, and we need to be careful with how we walk through this, but we need to recognize that God judges and we don't. Yeah. Um, and that we can call people, to the gospel of Jesus and recognize that he comes in in and, and, and works and heals in wonderful ways, in some ways we don't fully understand and comprehend. Um, but that ultimately the Spirit of God does the work. Hmm that we are called to be obedient, to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to not hate our neighbor, but instead to love those who hate us, that, that hate the things that we say and that we preach, because this is not the the, the way that people naturally want to live. And yet that's why there's more condemnation for, for the whitewashed tombs, mm-hmm. for the ultra-religious, because as Paul says, you, you had the law. Yeah. You knew how you were supposed to act, and yet you didn't do it anyway. And yet the ones who did not, when they perform the deeds of the law, do righteousness. Mm. And so the credit doesn't go to the hearer of the word, but the doer of the word. And so it's really difficult, Um, but we have to stand uncompromisingly on what is true, which is God's word. That is the most common vehicle he's given to us for truth. And yet, Demonstrate the full measure of
0: grace that has been given to each and every one of us. Yeah, that's good. I, I think for me, one of the things I've I've really helped me is to remind myself again: my value isn't in convincing somebody, yeah. you know, that they need to to surrender to Jesus. In fact, I can't. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a salesman. Um, I'm not uh, morally offended when somebody sits next to me and use this language or talks about something or does something that that I wouldn't choose to do um that 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 somehow is an attack against me okay the, the more that I recognize the freedom I have within what Christ has given to me and that I am called then just to love and to serve in a faithful honoring full of grace and truth as, as much as as the spirit uh, I allow the Spirit to do it through through me, then then you know it's what God is doing. It's it's God's work that's that's transforming. And I have no clue. I have no clue what that person is going through right next to me. Yep. I have no clue what God is doing in their life. I have no clue the journey that they're on. I have no clue the destination that they'll end up. And for me to make a a some sense of moral judgment or concluding idea in that person is wrong. And, and um, I should never, ever come to that point. I should simply say, what is God calling me to do? <clears throat> Where do I need to speak truth? Where do I need to, to demonstrate grace? And and keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, because some of the, the greatest, most powerful stories are the ones that that God, uh, or the ones that, that we, in a sense, in our minds reject, and yet God lifts up. And I think that's one of the things within the the dynamics of the the religious leaders of that time and the the so-called sinners of that time, was that society had said, well, these are the good ones, these are the bad ones, and God said, no, 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 I don't, I don't do it that way. I, I I'm, I'm doing a work, a, a, and He takes those that were labeled as not good, and He rises them up, and those that were labeled as good, He, He pulls them down, and so we need to be reminded of that. And and um, again, you're not going to always get that right. You, there's going to be moments when when maybe you spoke too much uh, and you need to go back and apologize. There might be some times where you didn't speak enough and you need to go back and, and then say, you know what, I, I need to circle back around and I need to let you know uh, kind of what I think God's Word says and let's read God's Word together. Uh, so, so so don't beat yourself up in that, but also realize you have no clue Uh, of their heart. You have no clue of their journey. You have no clue of their destination. And you want to see God do only what God can do. And so uh, let's keep that mindset. In all of this, again, um, the posture of how we handle this, uh, I think, is what uh, we want to kind of uh, end this this episode on. And again, it's not finished. We're not we're not wrapping this one up in a nice bow. Again, we we give ourselves the freedom to to sometimes throw out stuff that we don't even know what the full answer is, and we wrestle with that as well too. So so if you're wrestling with that, it's good. Keep wrestling with it. Keep working through it. Keep praying about it. But have that posture of first saying, "Okay, Lord." where's the plank in my own eye? Where do I begin there? Let me work through that painful exercise of, of dealing with my own things, and then I will now have the grace and the compassion to, to, to look into the, the lives of others. But in all this, if there's anything we can do, anything that we can help out, we'd love to do that. You can email us at info at churchrefuge.com. Again, thanks
1: for listening.